Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Off Menu Podcast, opening the yoghurt of chat and licking the lid of humour. I'm Ed Gamble, and over there is James Acaster. Right, here's the thing, Ed. You normally take a while to think of those ones. And just yeah. then, Benito said, right, let's go, and you said that straight away. Yeah. Was that off the top of your head, or had you come into this recording session prepared? I thought about it just before we started recording. That's amazing. I was like, great. Because obviously there's the old structure of... There's some humour involved. There's some chat involved. It's a yeah. sort of metaphor. But realise we've not done yogurts yet. And I love a yogurt. Well done, man. We've already got some merch out, but we should get some new merch and put that. Make a T-shirt that says licking the lid of humour. <laughs> yeah, we should. And then yes. like a cartoon of the Great Benito licking a yogurt lid? Yeah, absolutely. That will be the main thing, him licking it and giving a little thumbs up because he loves it so much. This is a food podcast, James. It's a food podcast. And we ask a guest their favourite ever start a main course dessert and side dish and drink and this week's special guest is martin, martin freeman. freeman martin freeman of i mean it's martin freeman what else is there to say he's got such a huge and brilliant and varied cv james some some of our favorite things yeah crazy man the office fargo sherlock the hobbit black panther startup never got the shout outs it deserved yeah this is exciting uh we're gonna ask him about food but also, I plan to ask him about everything he's ever done. Are you going to nerd out as well? I'm going to nerd out. I don't care about it. Even though, if he says a secret ingredient, I'll have to put the nerding on hold and kick him out of the dream restaurant. And I'm not happy about that. I really hope he doesn't. Because the secret ingredient this week is Bombay Mix. Bombay Mix. I hate it. Never liked I've never liked it. I remember the first time I had Bombay Mix when mm. I was a little boy and we were going to pick up a takeaway curry from a restaurant. Uh, and yeah. there was a big glass bowl of Bombay Mix. And I think my mum said, that's a snack. You can have a bit of that. And I put some in my mouth and I was like, this is unacceptable. 
what is this? My eight-year-old nephew has massively got into Bombay mix during lockdown. Of course he has, because he's a member of the Acaster family, so he's an absolute weirdo. <laughs> he was telling me over Zoom how much he loves Bombay mix the other day, really, and he didn't know why I was finding it so funny, obviously, because he's just telling me something that he likes. I love Bombay mix. I can eat a whole bag. He was saying stuff like that, and I was really laughing. Also, Ed, I mean, I, in real time, again, I've just got another message on my phone. This is from my sister. Uh, saying, Mr Gamble is a ridiculous boy. Of course he could blow those seeds off of his plate, because I think she's <laughs> listening to the Jess Foster Q episode where you claim yeah. that you wouldn't be able to blow hemp seeds off of your plate. Someone's also just sent me a video of them blowing some seeds, so I'd imagine that's... <laughs> you might get a lot of kickback. That's the thing. Sometimes we record the episode so far in advance that I've forgotten what we've talked about, mm. and then suddenly we'll get a volley of messages saying, like, you can blow seeds off a plate. <laughs> yeah. Why did I claim I can blow seeds off a plate? I must be going mad. <laughs> you were very adamant at the time, I remember. I was neighbouring yeah. loads of seeds and you were adamant you wouldn't be able to blow them off a plate. Anyway, enough seed chat. Yes. If Martin Freeman says Bombay Mix, we're kicking him out the restaurant. And you know, when I was growing up watching The Office at university, I think I always knew that I'd say that phrase. Yes. Always destined to say that. Martin uh, is in the second series of Breeders, a brilliant comedy show. And season two of Breeders will land as a box set on Sky and be available to watch on Sky One and Now TV from the 27th of May. So go get that. Watch it. Lovely stuff. But in the meantime, let's hear his menu and pray he doesn't say Bombay Mix. Here is the dream. Oh, God, I don't know how to do Why this Why are you bit. trying and to do it again? It's my bit that it. I do and you, you try and do, do it. it and you always mess it up. This is the, the Off-Menu of Humour. This is the off-menu menu of Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman, welcome to the Dream Restaurant. Thank you very much. Lovely to be here. Martin Freeman, welcome to the Dream Restaurant. We've been expecting you for some time. (laughs) I'm not that late, am I? No, not at all. You're actually our promptest guest on one of these. Uh, We arranged to start at 11am and we started at 11.01. Oh, good. Well, I suppose you you have a lot of comedians on, so that's probably why. I'm an actor. We we value timekeeping. Yeah, exactly. Uh, It's that instantly shots fired, actors are better than comedians. You put them out there. (laughs) (laughs) At some things and not at others. But yeah, 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 I would say some things. Personal hygiene, discipline, uh, timekeeping. Without question, acting. (laughs) With some exceptions. With some exceptions. There are some very good actors who are comedians. But I think generally, like, you know, in the way that I just wouldn't assume I can be really good at football just because I've watched it. I think sometimes people think acting is easy. In the same way that I would, for a moment, think that getting up on a stage with a microphone is easy, not for one single second. And over the years, I've well, in the early years, people thought I was a comedian. And Mm. then people said, well, do you want to do stand? I was like, no, because that's not a skill that I want to acquire because <laughs> uh, it's I know it's hard I like I know it's really hard it's it's about a lot more than just being occasionally funny with your mates and, and acting is um if you do it right it's it looks deceptively easy and it ain't yeah because of being a comic sometimes we get auditions right and you know I've watched loads of tv yeah yeah and I've seen people act you've seen people act yeah and I've watched it and gone I've, and you watch it don't you and you go that was some good acting yes I see what they did there so yes, I think yes. I pretty much understand it now yes and then I get an audition and I sit down in it, and I feel like um, I'd say an idiot when I try and do the <laughs> yeah, acting. It's really, really yeah. difficult, and I feel really self-conscious, and I find it hard yeah. to completely just 
not be aware that I'm sitting in a room in front of some people pretending to be somebody else. Yeah, I think that's very true. I think, yeah, it's really true. I think getting rid of the self-consciousness is, is one of the most massive parts of it, I think. And also, you know, if, if your job is a stand-up and, you know, I think, I think there are various levels of show, show-offs, aren't there? You know, and I'm definitely on the spectrum of show-off. Otherwise, I wouldn't be in a job that was like, shut up, everyone, and listen to me do this. Stand-up is the apex of it, you know, with, with all due respect. And I know and love a lot of stand-ups. No, you're correct. You're correct. But it is, there's no getting around it, is it? Shut up, everyone, while I make you laugh. <laughs> it's not your job to sort of disappear. Do you know what I mean? It's your job to appear very big and broadly, you know, and God bless you for it. Out of all the actors you've ever worked with, who has lost themselves the most? (laughs) Yeah, follow-up question, who's the tallest? (laughs) Well, Steve Merchant. Who's the tallest? Stephen Merchant, next question. And he he is the same, he he lost himself in the Og Monster in the office, (laughs) deeply. Um, (laughs) Who's lost themselves? I don't know. It's a funny one, you know, because... I think when you're younger, or in my case, when when I was younger, and I think it's quite common to feel that completely losing yourself is is kind of the goal and something to try and attain because it feels grown up and it feels proper. And then the older I've got, the more I, I don't know, the more I don't really look to that anyway. To be honest, it's quite a pain in the ass when someone really loses themselves. I mean, it, it is a massive pain in the ass because it's not, it's no longer then a craft and a job and, and it's a job that, and it overlaps with art and it overlaps, you know, and I'm very happy to be called an artist by some people or even because some people want to consider me an artist. I'll very happily take that. But you know, within this time and this time of the day, you've got to get shit done. And if someone's busy losing themselves, it depends to what extent it can, it's just a pain in the ass. And I think it's a highly impractical way of working, which is why I think it belongs more to the um, student stroke academic side than the practicability side, because um, most certainly British actors, you know, and there are, there are cultural differences between actors, I guess, but most British actors I've ever worked with sort of just want to get on with it and get it done. Do you know what I mean? And and I don't mean get it done because we don't love it. We fucking love it. But, but there's a real pleasure in getting it done as opposed to, you know, only call me by my character name for five weeks and never talk to me outside <laughs> of, you know, never have coffee with me, never do any. I just, we didn't become actors because it was the only thing left at the job center. Do you know what I mean? We became actors because it's fucking really enjoyable and it's really fulfilling and it can be fun and it can be funny. And that's not fun for me, man. That is a at 100% penance. And that's not to say sometimes you don't take it Sometimes you have to go to a place without question. That's very true. Have you seen the Jim Carrey documentary about him making Man on the Moon? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and all I could think when I was watching that is just imagine being anyone else working on that film. Just like, Ooh. oh, fucking Ellie's coming in again. You can see their faces as well, Ed. You know, you, yeah. you, you know when he comes on the makeup bus and there's proper grown-up actors just going... Oh, Christ. You know, like he's not only not only doing this, he's brought a fucking camera with him. You know, it's like and music. It's it, for me, and I'm sure, genuinely sure, Jim Carrey is a lovely and smart person. But it was the most self-aggrandizing, selfish, fucking narcissistic yeah. bollocks I've ever seen. And the idea yeah. that anything in our culture would celebrate that or support it yeah. is um, deranged. I mean, it's literally deranged. I think you know, I am a very lapsed Catholic, but the idea is, it's like. If you believe in transubstantiation, right, then then you're going somewhere along the line of, I lost my, I became the character. No, you didn't. You're not supposed to become the fucking character because you're supposed to be open to stuff that happens in real life, you know, because someone at some point someone's going to say cut and it's no good going, what does cut mean? Because I'm Napoleon. It's like, shut up, man. You know, <laughs> you, know you need to keep grounded, I think, in, in reality. And that's not to say that you don't lose yourself for the time between action and cut. 
But I think the rest of it is absolute pretentious nonsense. And I, I think it's highly amateurish. It's essentially an amateurish notion because it's not professional. It, you know what I mean? Like it's not, for me, it's not a professional attitude, you know. Get the job done, man. Fucking do your work, you know. He should have got fired. He should totally have got fired. <laughs> Can you imagine if he had been anybody else under the line? I mean, he would have been sectioned, never let alone fired. He would have, he would have been got rid of, you know. If yeah. it was one of the cameramen uh, sort of getting into the character of a really famous cameraman... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, my hero yeah. always filmed with his trousers and pants off, so can you just leave me to my process, please? Yeah, yeah so no, I, I think it is that, yeah, it's, it's partly that um, it's the ridiculous leeway that is given to s- some people. And, of course, you know, I'm I'm one of them. You know, like, we all get cushy gigs and we all, you know, to a certain degree or, or another, we're all very fortunate in that we get a little pass in some situations where other people wouldn't. I understand that, but... Um, Christ, I mean, there's such a thing as pushing it. I just think when you are challenging, and that's what that Jim Carrey thing looks like to me. At the, at the very, very end, he does. He, I can't remember what he does. He does or says something that is sort of pertaining to his Christ-like um, self grandeur, and he he does or says something that makes me think at the very last second, oh, is is all this a wind-up? Is this a yeah. is this a joke? Because because he is clearly a very funny person. He knows absolutely where funny is all the time. But you sort of think, oh, God, has he lost himself in this delusion of thinking he's a guru or a fakir? And Because a, a fair few people do. You know, a fair few mm. people do once you get to the top of the mountain. And, you know, what are you going to do then? You know, because what else gives your life meaning? Because essentially you could argue what we do is it's, yes, it's not curing diseases or whatever. But I still think it has a nobility to it and it's reasonably important. But if it's not, then you've got to go with it. You know, Jim, <laughs> you should have paid more attention at school if you wanted to do something more important, you know. I hope he was joking. Oh, yeah, we all we all hope he was joking. Although, <laughs> just keeping everything that we've said in mind, uh, welcome to the podcast where one of us pretends to be a genie for the whole thing. Yeah. So <laughs> James you know. does lose himself in the genie role. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, that's your saving grace, I think, that as, as long as you don't go too far in yeah. to the genie role, <laughs> then I will still have respect for you. If you really start thinking you're a genie for this hour, I'm going to think, nah, I didn't, I didn't like that. So you just see him slowly pushing a sort of uh, pot of blue paint out of the way, going, no, no, don't worry, I'll be absolutely fine. You're our second uh, uh, star of Breeders on the podcast. We've interviewed Michael McKean early last year. Oh, yeah. Yes, he's lovely, isn't he? He's a lovely man, uh, and he very much enjoyed the experience of working on Breeders, I believe. Well, good. How did you find the experience of working with Michael McKean, bearing in mind he's not going to be on the podcast again, so slag him off all you like? (laughs) well, obviously, as I'm sure you both were, I, I was delighted. Everyone was delighted and very excited. Everything I've seen him do ever has been brilliant. But obviously, I go back to being... The first time I saw Spinal Tap, it was, I was 15, and I was watching it with some of my siblings in Brighton in one of their flats. And I sort of couldn't, be- I couldn't believe it. I, I couldn't believe how much I loved it, and I couldn't believe how much it was making me laugh. You know, it's one of the sort of five or six things in my youth that made me laugh so much I thought I was going to die, you know. So I will always have a massive affection for Michael McKean for that, for that alone. And everything I've seen him do since, he's he's an extremely good actor. He's not someone who's winking at the audience or just... He, you, I don't think he can hear the applause in his own head uh, as he's giving you this devastating zinger or whatever. He is always... He's, he's in the scene. He's in that character and, that, and he wants to serve the scene and I love him for that. But he also has amazing comedy <laughs> chops and... Um, we were all really, really excited to have him on, you know, and he couldn't have been lovelier. 
Was he nice on this or was he a terrible No, he's horrible. He's absolutely yeah. awful, awful man. No, he, he saved yeah. up so much bile for us. Yeah. It was upsetting, yeah. Martin. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, it's, it's the, 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 the Worsley family, more adventures of, uh, of what it is to be a parent and uh, sort of that in-between stage when you're in your 40s of like, you know, if your folks are still alive and, and you're bringing up kids as well and, and all the sort of family machinations. Uh, and I think we go a bit deeper into it this year. I think I think it's, you know, there, there were bits last year that were, uh, hopefully it's funny, I hope it's funny, but there were bits that are, you know, decidedly not funny and not trying to be funny. And there, there's the same sort of balance of that this year. I think we, we want to be unafraid to have some really funny bits and then have some bits that may go, Jesus Christ, but that was upsetting or that was frightening or whatever, you know. Um, not frightening in a horror way. We haven't gone down that genre. We're not, we're not doing a sort of saw. That would be a real left turn, wouldn't it, if you just suddenly threw in a saw-themed episode? We're saving that for... If we do get a third one, that's what we're saving <laughs> But yes, it's more of, you know, if you liked the first Breeders, there's more of that sort of thing. I think I think this time better. And if you didn't like the first Breeders, you don't have to watch it. It's fine. What a plug. If they didn't like it, this <laughs> this one's even better. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. Come back and give it another shot. That's what, exactly. But if you don't like something, do you want to see a better version of it? Because if you don't like it, then if mm. you're just improving all the elements of something that someone doesn't like, you don't want to see it, do you? No, I don't think you do. I don't think so. I think if I watched something and I didn't like it, I'd resent it if I thought they'd got better. It's, it's a real thing, isn't it, where they're like, okay, right, you are going to hate the first three seasons of this, but when you get to season four, it's going to blow <laughs> yeah. your fucking mind. Yes, that's true. Here's a question. Yes. When it comes to that kind of stuff, mm. you were in the first season of Fargo. Yes. It was brilliant. Thank you. And your voice was amazing in that, by the way. Thank yeah. you. Thanks. That was insane. Like, I'll, I'll get onto my actual question, but like, I'm obsessed with that show and I love it. Oh, good. And one of the main things that you think every time there's a new actor in it is, let's see how they pull off this voice. Mm. Let's see how they do it. I honestly, I think yours is still the best one in it. Yeah. We're, we're, we're three seasons in, and here's what here's what happened. Every five seconds watching you in that, I went, "Yeah, that's a really good voice." Out loud, I'd right. say it. Right, so really? I was watching it with. Yeah, I couldn't. <laughs> couldn't believe how good it was did you say it that high yeah it got higher each time i said it because i couldn't believe it <laughs> you kept not believing it is that then technically a bad performance from martin because he kept pulling you out of the performance by being mm, too good maybe so Sorry, i'm a victim martin. of my own genius Trying to yeah. pay you pay you a compliment but ended up slagging you off i'll take that compliment thank you a, a friend of mine saw it saw and he's he's in music and he saw it and and he you know he's we're very fond of each other and he's a big supporter of mine and all that but he saw it and thought, oh, dear, Martin's American accent is pretty terrible. <laughs> like he did. And it was only when it had it explained to him that it was a specific yeah, so sort right. of regional accent. Yes. I think he thought I was doing a sort of, you know, I don't know what he thought I was doing. But um, I can see what he means if he thought I should just sound like an American newsreader or whatever. Sure. Or an anchor man. But, sure. um, yeah, that's a pretty funky, because it is quite a funky accent. There's bits of yeah. Scandinavian, bits of Irish, bits of all sorts in there. But then there's, like, everyone else is doing it as well. So did he think your accent was mm. so bad that the director <laughs> had pulled them all to one side and got just copy Martin? So <laughs> yeah. Don't make the Englishman feel left out. I don't, yeah, I don't know what he thought. I th- you know, he's, he's quite easily distracted, is this man. But, um, 
yeah, he, he had it explained to him. And now, of course, he knows I'm amazing, you know. Yes. Like James does, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. I do. He, I, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. assume his voice gets higher by the day. He goes up an octave. It does. Time. Well, sometimes he gets lower. The more impressed <laughs> he is, like, he get, he sounds so that by the end of episode six, he was like Barry White. He's yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Here's my question, though, about that. We're talking about seasons and stuff like that, and sometimes seasons getting better. With Fargo, they contain stories mm. each season, different casts each time. As someone who was in the first one, do you watch each season and go, I really hope it's not as good as my one. I hope they mess it up this time. No, I don't genuinely because I like the people in it. But, I mean, of course, it's nice to think that whatever you do yourself, whatever we're doing, has a special place in people's hearts. But genuinely, no, because Noah Hawley, who's the sort of uh, writer extraordinaire behind it and a showrunner, no, he's a good guy and he's a smart. So I, I want success for the show. That's my story, and I'm I'm sticking to it. <laughs> do you watch it and listen to the accent? Yes, James, I do. Yes, <laughs> yes, I do, and go. No, that is at least a hundred miles too south. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. We should talk about food, really, shouldn't we? I'll be honest, Martin. I don't want to excite anyone, but this is the closest to a natural interview we've ever done. Yes. <laughs> Normally, by this point, we are screaming at people about their water choices, but we've asked you some genuine questions there, and I think I think we've actually done really well. Do you think it's because we've never met? Maybe it's because we've never met, so we're sort of being formal. Yes. Because and... we're sort of strangers to each other it personally, so we so it's pro- we're probably being formal and polite. Well, I, I don't know. We, we've, there's a lot of people that we've interviewed on this podcast who we've met for the first time, and we have not been polite to them. And, <laughs> right, um, okay. and we, we have just asked them about food and given them shit for what, what they said they want to eat. I mean, it just. I mean, I guess you just been in, you've been in some good stuff, man. And we're asking yeah. you, you know, we can't help but ask about it. Thank you. I'll take the respect. I mean, maybe it's better if you start insulting me because then I'll feel like, oh, they really like me, these guys. All right. These boys mm. really take to me because they cussing me out. Gloves off. Here we go. <laughs> mm. I thought you said clothes off. It's yeah, not like Clothes that. off. That's... Let's do this. Let's do this off menu style. <laughs> Still or sparkling water? Uh, if it's a choice of those, then I'm going to go uh, sparkling. Normally, I'm a tap person because I, I sort of do resent paying for still water. I think it's, uh, I think it's silly. You know, the way people did in 1989, you two could remember that, but paying for water, a lot of rubbish. And I sort of feel that a bit now, except if I'm going sparkling, I'm prepared to pay for that because the bubbles give you oxygen and wake you up. But there is, uh, there is something in that. You have a, a fizzy drink with no sugar. I think it's quite good. So are the bubbles that you think are giving you oxygen, as in like they're giving you extra oxygen, you're more than you get when you breathe? Mm. Fair play. I've not completely thought this through. I've not studied it. <laughs> But I, but I, I'm pretty sure it gives you extra oxygen. Yeah, if I'm extra, doesn't it? <laughs> so, do you think if you took a big mouthful of sparkling water and left it in your mouth, could you then go underwater for five minutes? I don't know. Ask David Blaine. I don't know this. This is shit. very concerning, Martin. You yeah. could do a homeschooling your children. What have you been teaching? Them? <laughs> I just think: is there not some truth, you university twats, um, in the idea that? Uh, it's oxygenated, right? Gives you a little mm-hmm. pep. Is it oxygenated? I thought it was yeah. carbon dioxide. Oh, okay. Yeah, you could be right. Carbonated. So what does that do? It gives you less oxygen. Opposite, poisons you. Yeah, po- poison. <laughs> less oxygen. I see. Right, well, it's definitely still for me. <laughs> no, sparkling, fuck it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live on the edge. I'm going to say sparkling because it is like a little treat. You know, what mm-hmm. we can do for you, Martin, because this is the dream restaurant, we can get you sparkling water and then we can get you an oxygen tank as well to take little gulps out of every time you have a sip. <laughs> Would you like that? 
I would now. Now I've heard of it, yeah. Like Meatloaf when he does a gig. You can have an oxygen tank just <laughs> off to one side. Is that what he really does? Yeah. He's a big lad, isn't he? And he really goes for it still. Smaller than he used to be, yeah. Yeah, but when I think when he was at proper big Meatloaf size, mm-hmm. he had a little towel for the sweat and a, an oxygen tank off at the side of stage. No sparkling water. No, I bet none. I bet none was knocking about in 1979 for the loaf. No. No, uh, yeah, all right, sparkling and an oxygen tank. Thanks. When you were filming The Office, did Big Keith have to go off and have an oxygen tank? <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't. No. What a question. Just a question. No, we'd hang out in our little grief hole that was that was sort of a, acting as a green room that was adjacent to the set. And because it wasn't, obvi- you know, it's not a real set, it was just a group, group of offices, we had to be really, really quiet and talk, you know, very, very hushedly uh, or... Asher Taller or Steve Merchant would come in and say, can you keep it down? And that's, you know. So you never really got any time off on The Office. It wasn't like, you got a scene off, go to the green room, and then you just had to go off and sort of whisper, you know. And that included uh, Big Keith, you and Macintosh, hello, you. He thinks there's oxygen in a Scotch egg. Yes. How many times do you have to, have to film that? That's a, that's a famous uh, mm. blooper, isn't it? The amount of times uh, you're laughing in that. Yeah, that was a lot. I, d- I, I don't know. I, it wasn't a crazy amount. That was probably like eight. Right. Whereas th- there was some. Th- there's and it's on. It's on YouTube because it was on the. Um, it was on the DVD extras. There's a scene between uh, Gervais and myself that was just a- that was ridiculous. It was absolutely again. Well, if he hadn't been the star of the show, it, we definitely would have got fired. Uh, it was like seventy-five takes or something. It was absolutely stupid. Because he just couldn't leave it alone, you know. He sees different ways to make you laugh and ruin the scene and keep you there for longer. <laughs> He'll do it. So, yeah, that, that was the worst one ever. But the the office was full of occasions where you would um, just be trying to, yeah, try not to laugh. So so every scene that's in the office, every scene that made it to TV was just the triumph of people managing not to corpse. That was good. <laughs> it wasn't even especially good acting. It was just like, right, did we get it? Good. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, just one good one and that'll do. One good one, 58 ruined ones, yeah. <laughs> Pop it up, or bread! Pop it up, or bread, Martin Freeman! <laughs> Pop it up, or bread! Well, what sort of... Oh, this is any sort of restaurant, isn't it? It's a whatever. It's a whatever restaurant. It's not themed. It's whatever restaurant you can dream up, yeah. Bread. I mean, I like poppadoms, but I suppose that would set my brain thinking in a certain way, and I don't think I'm going to order that way today. So bread... You, there's loads of ways to do bread. And now, of course, you're going to tell me there's loads of ways to do poppadoms, Martin. <laughs> Ignorant. Um, but th- as far as I'm aware, there's a loads of ways to do bread, and I like bread and butter. I went during the last time that we could actually go out, I took uh, my family out to a restaurant in London and just had... You know, sometimes when bread and butter is... It's, like, it's the best thing. You don't need anything else. You don't need the rest of the meal. And you just think, I'll just have another piece. It was that good. With, with a nice butter, lovely bit of bread, and think, fuck, you know, what, why are we bothering doing anything else? So did you leave after the bread and butter? We did, Ed, yeah, we did. Yeah. And they were disappointed. <laughs> I'd love that. I'd love that story <laughs> yeah. of someone who's working in a restaurant going, you know Martin Freeman, right? He came in with his family, sat down, he had the bread and butter, and then they all fucked off. Sod it off. He sod it off. <laughs> no, we didn't know. I foolishly kept going, and I kept saying to my kids... Can you stop that because it's just going to ruin your it's going to ruin your meal. So can you can we not have any more? Can I, can I have some more bread, please? Thank you. So we just be like, <laughs> I was uh, breaking my own rules as I was making them. And of course, yeah, by end of the main course, stuffed. But I'm still going to go with bread, and I'm going to try ask one of you to you have permission to say Freeman, go easy on the bread. <laughs> At what point is there a telltale sign in your eyes? No, after two little like that size slice of bread and butter. 
you may say to me, should we take that away? And I'll go, thank you very much. I'll thank you for it. Otherwise, it just it ruins the meal. Would you like bread and butter from that specific place you were just talking about? Yeah, I would, to be honest. Because I think actually that it was the base, you know, it's a Ponzi uh, London, West End London restaurant. But it's actually not Ponzi, but just a very nice restaurant. And uh, and the, the quality of butter is just the right amount of saltedness. Oh, man. So gorgeous. Yeah, it's like a, a meal in itself. You know, like sometimes when you have like tomato soup and just bread and butter dipped in it and it, Mm. yeah it doesn't get much better than that i love seeing the the marbled effect of the butter yeah on top of the tomato soup yeah agreed oh, mama. agreed yeah <laughs> the little sort of grease bubbles yeah yeah, yeah. i prefer james's description of the marbles the marbled effect <laughs> in a, rather than grease bubbles but yes i like yeah. the grease bubbles they're full of oxygen <laughs> <laughs> I've got this wrong, haven't I? I'm going to have to rethink my whole oxygen uh, theory. <laughs> have you based your whole menu on oxygen? Basically, yeah. Because I'm assuming I thought this restaurant was in space, and so I, I just assumed that I was going to need as much oxygen as possible. Do you remember the name of the restaurant where you had the lovely bread, Martin? Yes, it was the Wolseley. Very nice. Which is next to the Ritz, and it's a really lovely place. Nice to go there, and the, the food's great. And it's it's actually I said it's Ponzi. It's not pretentious. It's kind of it's a bit zhuzhi, of course. It's the kind of place where it, it it justifies making an effort, you know. So that that's another nice thing. Just not you know I like not slobbing about. You know I like people making an effort because I think it's good for one's own sense of pride <laughs> and self esteem. You know to not just wodge about in trackies all the time you know i mean i don't mind trackies but you know this come on man step it up you know if we're going to go out for a meal let's pretend we've got dressed you know if you're going to go out pop to the Woolsey and just hammer down a loaf of bread you've got to pop some proper trousers on haven't you yeah you may as well dress like a baker yeah, <laughs> <so I did. laughs> yeah. uh yeah it's nice it's nice to yeah i mean i i like i like having a bit of an effort you know do you dress the whole family up in the same sort of outfit mm-hmm. i know but i do no well i it was it was butcher baker candlestick maker, and my daughter got the candlestick maker, and she wasn't happy because he was covered in wax. My son was covered in blood, and I was covered in flour. <laughs> no, but I, yeah, I encourage them to sort of do, do whatever their version of um, making an effort is, you know. So if that just means a really crisp, clean tracksuit for my son, then that's then that's fine. It doesn't all have to be the same, but um, make an effort, you know. I sort of feel that about a lot of things. I imagine you say it was next to the Ritz. This place. Mm. Is there turf wars between the two? There is because the postcode changes in the road down the middle, and it does get ooh, it does get pretty tasty. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's like who's the, the poshest? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine one of your co-stars, Cumberbatch. Mm. I bet he's a Ritz boy, and you're a Wolseley lad. <laughs> That's what I would imagine. I don't know. I, I imagine Ben would definitely. I can see Ben at the uh, at the Wolseley. I'm not sure if I've ever been to the Ritz. Except I've, I did an interview in the Ritz early on in my career, like tea at the Ritz sort of thing. But I don't think I don't think I've ever actually eaten at the Ritz. And I, I'm nothing against it. I think I want to at some point. I want to have tea at the Ritz. But I can see Ben at the Walsley, yeah. Because to be honest, I think it's a fairly wide range of people at the Walsley. There's everyone there from agents to actors. Um, so all, 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 all bases are covered. I mean, all the basic social groups, I can see him there, yeah. They'd get jumped. He'd walk in and they'd go, it's a rich boy! And they'd all, they'd all chase him out. <laughs> yeah, but he can escape easily, right? He can wriggle out of any situation. And Ben can fit in. He's a, he's a chameleon. He can play both sides. Yeah. I can't think of him as Ben. What, do you have to think of him as a Benedict? Yeah. 
Is Benedict Cumberbatch? Or just Mr. Cumberbatch? He books the Wolsey by, as Ben, and then it's back to Benedict's as soon as he walks through the doors of the Ritz. I book the Wolsey as Ben Cumberbatch. <laughs> <laughs> I get a better table when I pretend to be him. <laughs> I know. If I imagine a Ben, I imagine like you know a little a little scrappy kid with a catapult, hmm. or an, an old an old kind man. Old Ben. Yes, old Ben. So you've got Ben Kenobi. Ben Kenobi is your old wise man. Yep. Uncle Ben. Uncle, Uncle Ben. <laughs> Uncle Ben is yeah, he's an old wise man. Yeah. Who's a scrappy little kid? Who's a scrappy kid, Ben? Ben Ten. Ben Ten. Oh, I hated Ben Ten. I hated <laughs> Ben Ten. I absolutely <laughs> loathed Ben Ten because my yeah, my son is fifteen, and he was sort of when he was like two or three, I suppose. He was interested in Ben 10. I absolutely loathed, lo- like loathed it. What's Ben 10's vibe again? Because I obviously missed out on Ben 10. Is it he's just 10? No, I don't think he's, I don't think he is 10. Is, maybe there's 10 of them or something. I don't know. I think it might be 10 of them in his crew or something. I'm not sure. Right. But man, I fucking hated that. And nothing against, you know, but I just was the wrong age. I wasn't three. How much of your thoughts did Ben 10 occupy around that time? Well, let's say if it was over 3%, it was too many. Because, you know, like, yeah, any any percentage is too much. I once, when Benedict, come, Ben Benedict was uh, recording uh, The Penguins of Madagascar, <laughs> I got hired to go in and read in all the other voices. Did you? And <laughs> no one told me when I should start or stop. Right. Uh, and there was one where he didn't have a line for 10 pages, and I just read all 10 pages <laughs> while everyone stared at me, and it was probably the most awkward 20 minutes of my life. Did you do uh, different <laughs> accents and stuff? Yep, did all the different penguins. There are about 10 different penguins. I was doing all of them just... Out there riffing on my own. Yeah. While everyone looked at me. Awful. I mean, he said, well done at the end, but it felt like a waste of time, Martin. <laughs> I mean, he gave me an award, sure. But, <laughs> but And you were supposed to just give him his cue, presumably. I think so, but no one was specific. Yeah. Because there was a scene, I think, where he had a line at the beginning and then right at the end. And, you know, when does the cue start and when does the cue begin? So I just did the whole scene. Can I ask why um, why they asked you to do that? Were, were, you, were you sort of then or now, were you more in the sort of acting bit or what? No, I mean, I do, like James says, I do the awkward auditions as mm. well. Uh, I, I didn't have to audition for that. I'd done a couple of things mm. where they just call you up, yeah, yeah. go down there, read in some lines, I think. That's pretty good. Yeah. But I don't think it helps. I think you probably had to re-record it. Ed's being modest. Ed's being <laughs> modest, Martin. He's done a bit of voice work. Right. Uh, does the term kazoo, yeah, you can mean anything to you? <laughs> it does and it doesn't. I don't know if you're in the market mm. for a second-hand car, Martin, but uh, <laughs> but I reckon I can sell you on it now. Kazoo, yeah, you can. Wow. Kazoo, yeah, you can. Kazoo, yeah, you can. Oh, yeah, that's it. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry that I tried to do that. Ed. I would give anything to hear that recording of you doing all the voices of the penguins or the penguins of Madagascar. Oh, man. So would I now. Oh, yeah. It makes me feel ill thinking about it. Especially when you get to the part that Ken Jeong's supposed to be playing and you have to make that decision. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
Alright, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. Today's episode of Off Menu is sponsored by Aura. James, are you ready to win Mother's Day? I am, Ed. I want to cement my reputation as the best gift giver in the family. I want to give my mom an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. May I say, James, I absolutely love the class and elegance with which you use the word mom, because this is for US listeners. All of your moms deserve a good Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. Yeah, I think your mum's going to love looking back on your childhood memories, seeing what you're up to today, seeing what you were up to back in the day, and even better, with unlimited storage and an easy-to-use app, you can keep updating mum's frame with new photos, so it's the gift that keeps on giving, James. Ed, answer me this. Who is the best gift giver in your life? Hmm, um, I'd probably say uh, my wife is a very good gift giver. Not that my mom is not a fantastic gift giver, but my wife's very good at little surprise things. She says, I've only got you a few things, and then there'll be little little surprises, things that we've seen throughout the rest of the year. I'll say to my wife, I like that, and then I forget about it, and then on the day, there's some lovely little gifts there for me that remind us of the year that we've just spent together. Oh, if you like being reminded of stuff, may I suggest photographs? That's a very good point, James. I think we should get ourselves an Aura digital picture frame and put some of our wedding photos on them. Right now, Ed, Aura has a great deal for Mom's Day, Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com. Use code OFFMENU at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. We come to your starter. We're still at the beginning of the meal, Martin. We're, right. ha, we've had some lovely bread from the Wolseley, mm-hmm. uh, and now we come to your starter. I, I, I'm going to have. Um, do they call it? Is it a carpaccio if it's just meat? But I, basically, I want smoked salmon. I want smoked salmon and some onions and capers. And and there, there's a bit more bread because there's usually little bits of toast with it. Yeah, so I like that, and a bit of squeezed lemon and ground pepper and all that because it's quite lean, right? It's not it's not too heavy because I am mm. what I like to call. A fat pig, you know, and so I, I love food and I love just eating food a lot, right? So um, I've got to leave space to be a fat pig uh, later on. So like smoked salmon, quite lean. With this bread, though, Martin, you've entered into a pact with us in the restaurant to stop you eating any more bread. Yeah, that's true. But to- I didn't say toast, did I? I didn't say toast. There's there's a there's a little sort of quarter piece <laughs> of, of toast. With no butter on it. Yeah, yeah, but this sounds like an addict thing now. You yeah. know, uh, you tell your friends, yeah. don't let me smoke again. And then they come around and you're chewing tobacco. <laughs> yeah. I didn't say not cigars. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't say no crack. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, no, this is a little bit of uh, sort of delicate toast. <laughs> I think they're all, they're fine. You can't have them. Sorry, Martin. Oh, shit. Really? You, you, told, Man us, alive. you told us to do it. No matter, you, you said, no matter what I say. You're my gatekeeper. Says, no, no matter how okay. hard I plead, don't let me have any more bread. Lock me in this cage. <laughs> and no matter what I say, if I start sending into a <laughs> werewolf, don't let me out of here. Okay, fair enough. I've, yeah. Hoist by my own petard. Yeah. I, I, I shouldn't I shouldn't have brought that up. 
And you're quite right. But would you still like the smoked salmon even though there's no bread available for you? Yes, please. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, some food, um, I'm sure, well, no, I was going to say I'm sure it's a myth. Well, it's true. Some food is just not, it's tasty and it's filling, but it's not, you know, you don't feel leaden afterwards. Mm -hmm. And a nice bit of smoked salmon without loads of other carby bits around it is, is really nice. Sets off your palate nicely. Gives you a little tingly feeling of wanting more, but it hasn't completely filled you up. Do you know what I mean? I absolutely love it. Yeah. Yes. I love smoked salmon. I love eating it straight from the pack by mm. the sheet, yeah. sheeting it into my mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's a question for you mm. about smoked salmon. Mm. When you're buying it in the supermarket, mm-hmm. so I find now sometimes like I'm thinking I'm just going to eat this on its own. I know that I'm going to eat it on its own. Oh, really? And there's quite a lot of different options in the supermarket. Mm. And some of it is like the sheets and they've got like loads of pepper on them and lemon Mm. and some of them are like i've got honey on them and stuff like that what are you looking for when you're in the supermarket what's your favorite type of smoked salmon to get off the shelf and take home and eat eat by the sheet cheap (laughs) just a (laughs) just a bargain uh no i I don't really like i don't want it buggered about with really you know what i mean i I, I just want it straight Mm. um and i want enough so that because you know sometimes you you buy packets of smoked salmon and they're not quite big enough so that once you've had a little snack it's almost all gone so i quite like big ones and i'll buy a couple of bigger ones to go through a few breakfasts do you know what i mean because i like having it for breakfast Mm -hmm. i like putting it in scrambled egg and you know all that oh yeah uh, or just maybe on the side during the first lockdown um when like it was difficult to get food delivered and stuff um mm. me and james actually both started using a thing called food chain which like used to mm. deliver to restaurants so it was like for trade oh right yeah so you'd go mm. on there and there'd be all the different things and i was like i just ordered some smoked salmon and then it arrived it was like a meter <laughs> a meter of smoked salmon i had to saw it in half like a magician and freeze half of it, it was brilliant God, that's a that's a real touch. That was best de- best day of lockdown. Yeah, Jesus Christ! What was it? it was about five hundred quid. Were you thinking, why is this so much? Oh yeah, I'm bankrupt now. Bankrupt <laughs> yeah. myself on a meter of smoked salmon. <laughs> to be fair, you are possessed by the soul of a thousand penguins, so it's okay for you to eat. That. <laughs> you, can, you can eat that many fish between them, your, your whole penguin clan. I just went along the whole thing. Different characters along each sheet. Yeah. Well, get the slice in before you do Ken's yeah. voice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so anyway, smoked salmon. Capers. Talk about your relationship with capers, please. I've, I'm kind of getting over them. I, like, I, I'm, I'm learning to tolerate them. I think at first, I say at first, you know, probably when I was 30, I'm, I was like, what the fuck is it? No. And then that's one of those things that I'm trying to incorporate into my taste buds just because I, I, don't, I don't really like leaving bits on the side of a plate. It just looks a bit fussy. And so I think, no, Martin, come on, you can get over this open yourselves up i've tried with anchovies can't manage it can't manage it similar thing because i think that they're just too salty too salty for me i love it i've always loved it anchovies capers anchovies marmite just get them in yeah can't get enough salt yeah no i I do i do like salt do you like ready salted crisps not really i've always been a bit fancy when it comes to crisps oh jesus christ there we go it lures you in (laughs) it lures you in like oh i'm a salt 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 and then it's like the most obvious thing no i don't like the beatles no (laughs) christ i am a salt 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 but you get salt 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 on the other flavors as well don't you but you get a little bit extra yeah i mean but i just i think there is something about like genuinely something about just plain ready salted crisps that are phenomenal i really and they go with everything they go with a bagel so I have a smoked salmon, cream cheese, tomato bagel, packet of crisps on the side. Jesus Christ. 
and a Coke. God almighty. Amazing. It's so nice. Yeah. Not healthy, but it's very nice. Yeah. Who cares if it's healthy or not? That yeah. is a nice way to spend your, your lunchtime. It's a really nice snack. Yeah. So when you're in your fur, when you're 30, you're putting the capers on the side of the plate. Yeah. And then you start to get them involved a bit more. Mm. And now it's part of your dream meal. That's quite a journey for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At, it what, is. At, it at is. what point? At what point were you like, I'm a caper guy? About I reckon about two years ago. Wow! And you went around telling people you were a caper guy. Yeah, because I, I did, and I did do that. You're absolutely right. I did yeah. do that about two years ago. I became a caper guy and just would have caper capers and wear caper capes yeah. and all that. And uh, and it's changed my life. I am a new man, and I, I I wasn't expecting that in my you know. So it was it was quite a shock for that to be such a change in my life. You know, more so than becoming a father. Absolutely. You don't know until it happens. The capers, no, exactly. You don't know. There's before yeah. capers and after capers. It's hard to explain to people who aren't into capers, you know, <laughs> how it feels to be into capers. They won't understand. They don't understand, and they can empathise. But it's a new kind of love, isn't it? It is really, yeah. It is, and I didn't think because I thought I'd been in love, and I assumed I'd been in love, but um, <laughs> not until I'd, I'd just had those salty berries down my throat. I thought, hello, this is a this is a new thing. It is nice because they they genuinely do. They they set off. I don't know. I'm not a food scientist, as we've established from my oxygenated water. But um, they, it does something. It sets off a nice little chemical reaction on the salmon. Yes. What's your thoughts on caper berries, Martin? <laughs> the big fat ones? Oh, no, but aren't the little capers that we're talking about, they're just a smaller version of that, right? Yeah, I think so. But the big ones, you know when you get the big ones and you bite in and they've got all bits in them? Oh, maybe I haven't had a really big one. Maybe I've not. I haven't had that. I haven't, it's the first oh. I'm hearing about it, Martin. <laughs> How big are they? Maybe I've imagined them. Are you thinking of a tomato, Ed? <laughs> a green tomato. Green yes. tomato covered in salt. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they're like they're like you know. I'd say three times the size of a normal caper. Okay. I think I've only had the little fellas. Stick with the little fellas. Not mm. not worth not worth your time. The big ones. Okay. Thank you. That's shortcutted that. <laughs> Let's move on to the main course. Now that Ed's told you that. Salmon and spinach linguine. Not salmon, not salmon, prawn. Prawn and uh, spinach say. linguine, yeah. I know, it's too much salmon. That would have been our first d- double salmon. <laughs> yeah. This guy's no. got double salmon. I've gone salmon prawn, a, a lovely sort of prawn linguine and white wine sauce on a lovely bit of um, linguine, yeah. It also works with tagliatelle. It works with all sorts. Works with penne, for Christ's sake. You know, but um, I'm going to go for linguine today. I was going to say, it's the dream restaurant, so if you would like a mix-up of all your favourite pastas, we can do that for you as well. No, no, don't patronise me, you goddamn <laughs> dirty ape. I'm, I'm, no, I'm just going to go for linguine, thanks. When you said the prawns, I thought, oh, that's like a lot of seafood so mm. far. Let's, I'm going to ask him about seafood. Mm. And then uh, here's how my brain went. I went, I asked him about seafood, and then I started imagining you eating your meal and singing the song Under the Sea from The Little Mermaid. <laughs> And that popped into my head out of nowhere and started making me laugh before I even asked you a question. Would you sing Under the Sea while you were eating your meal? I don't know enough of it. I, I know bits of it, but then it becomes when Homer started singing it in an episode of <laughs> The Simpsons, he started singing it. So I think the real version and Homer's version get mixed up in my mind. So I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be able to run you like, I wouldn't be able to run you through Under the Sea. Would you? Do you know all the words to Under the Sea? No. Uh, under the Sea, Under the Sea... Down where it's better, down there it's wetter. Take it from no. me. Okay. Yeah. I think you'd have to fill in some bits being like, Martin is better, down where it's wetter, under the sea. Yeah, just I think have to riff some True. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but also I don't quite know where, I don't know 
I'm not exactly sure of that melody line of, of mm. do you know I mean, like we can say, we can blag it, but I don't know what's actually written down on the piano. Yeah. So I, I don't think I could carry that tune properly. Yeah. Well, there's a new one coming out, isn't there? Live action's coming out soon. And David Diggs is going to sing that song. Well, no, no, it's me. I'm I'm singing that song. You're in it. So I'm, I'd better learn it. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. But I'd better learn it very, very quickly. <laughs> You're playing Sebastian the Crab. No, is it? Who's, who's doing it? Who's doing that? David Diggs. Ah. Is this the, did you audition for it, Martin, and this is your, the first you're hearing of it? <laughs> I feel like you and them penguins, Ed. I feel betrayed. <laughs> I feel betrayed. How big are these prawns? They're quite big. Do you want them in the shell, Martin, or do you want them de-shelled in your pasta? I'd like them de-shelled, because I, I think when, when you've got to do your own shelling, that's a different thing. Tuck a napkin in there, so not because it flies everywhere. It? It's like cutting a tomato. It's just like goes, you know, it's berserk. So when you do that, you take a prawn's head off, it's it's... There's always a bit of risk of ricocheting, you know, of uh, friendly fire. So, no, I just want it in the sauce with the spinach and the white wine. Do you want this from anywhere in particular? Is there somewhere where you've had the best prawn linguine you've ever had and you want that exact dish for your dream meal? It might actually be somewhere in Sorrento, the name of which I can't remember, but I, I like to, um, me and my kids like to go to Sorrento. It is truly a place where I feel very relaxed and that doesn't happen very often where I, where I can really switch off and I can just sort of be invisible for, for a large part. Because yeah. you must get a lot of, we, we've already fanboyed out on you quite a bit today, all your different <laughs> uh, different things you've done. What is the one that you get the most? Probably Sherlock. I think, you know, it's, it was a bit like, uh, I don't know, a bit like, well, The Office was a bit like being in a band because it felt quite cool and, and lots of music people liked it. But Sherlock is like, I don't know, like being a big band. I don't know. Not Glenn Miller, big band. But just, like, it's just a success, a big, a huge band. I think when Sherlock was at his height, that felt like the most definite, wolf flipping egg. This is um, something else, you know. And people really let you know. People really, really let you know. Did you realise when you were in Sorrento, finally relaxed, and the waiter came over and put your seafood linguine down and went, Dr. Watson? Yeah. <laughs> I thought now I've made it. Yeah. Now I've made it. <laughs> now I can't relax here. Come over here, please, sir. We need to speak to you. Uh, the chef wants to speak to you. And then you got taken off to the side in a little room. And he went, How did he survive jumping off of the building? <laughs> <laughs> I do want to ask about Sherlock jumping off the building because I still don't understand what happened. <laughs> <laughs> is it the crash map thing? Is it the thing that basically he does it that they, they move a massive crash map round and he jumps on that and someone distracts you? Because that makes me angry. <laughs> okay, A, why does it make you angry? And I'm, that's fine, I like anger. But B, yeah. what do you hope it is? We all spent a year of our lives thinking about that every <laughs> yeah. single second of every single day and trying to figure out how that had happened mm. and thinking, oh, my God, this is so cool. What does what, what it happen? Mm. Oh, Mom, Moriarty really checkmated him. Oh, God, mm. how, how was he behind the tree at the end? And then he got a billion people, like <laughs> a whole cast of people <laughs> to help him, and he jumped off a building and, yeah. and he jumped onto a crash mat. And I was like... It's like you know, whenever any magician reveals their trick, you go, "What? Well, that's yeah. all you were doing?" Yeah, and then, yeah, and then yeah. you get wound up. So I was like, "Yeah, I think oh, it, I think it was that, wasn't it?" I th- uh, yeah, and and there was another corpse from the hospital mm-hmm. that Molly Hooper yes. had, you know. Yeah, yeah so yeah. there was a lot of, um, you know, it's a willing suspension of disbelief is needed, but uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of organisations. There was once a Jonathan Creek where someone jumped out of the building and then disappeared, mm. and it turns out there was a trampoline under the grass. So, so well, they, he landed on the grass, but no, they, they opened up the grass. Then he bounced on the trampoline, and then they shut the grass again. Absolutely infuriating. <laughs> Making it up as they go along. 
Yeah, that is generally the nature of fiction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you just base some Sherlock on facts? Yeah. Dickens, he's making it up as he goes along. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it's bought me a cottage. Yeah. Sometimes do you think, ah, oh, it would have been really cool if, like, they came back after that break and it's just that he didn't do a trick, he just did jump up and die. And that, <laughs> and that the rest of it is just you solving crimes on your own. I did suggest that to Mark and Stephen. They didn't go for it. No. <laughs> Your dream side? Chips. <laughs> Simple. There is, there is. Chips. Because um, sometimes it's, it's good to do a sort of carb overload. Pasta and chips as well. That's, that's another thing I love. A creamy sort of white sauce pasta and good sort of nicely done fat chips. Jesus. Or even fries, actually. But I'm going to go for a fatter chip today. Fat chips. Because I, mean, I just think they're absolutely gorgeous. You can, you know, a mouthful of pasta a chip heaven now after you've specifically asked us not to let you have any more bread <laughs> yeah. it really feels like you're exploiting a few loopholes here it does this is like an addict you're right it is like an addict <laughs> i'm just trying to get i'm just trying to get around my own rules but i'm up to main course now so i'm in the bulk of it i'm in it now whereas i didn't want to ruin it before with the with the bread and the stuff mm. Is your drink going to be a pint of mashed potato? <laughs> I mean, if it could be, yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I love mashed potato so much. I mean, I, I might even have a Coke. I might even have a bottle of Coke, to be honest. Oh, yeah? If, if, if this, you know, if you're paying for this meal or if it's free, sure. I'm going to push yeah. the boat out. And if I don't have anything to do for the next couple of days, then I, I, I'm just going to be a real fat pig. Yeah. When you have a bottle of Coke, do you have to clear your diary for the next few days, usually? <laughs> no, I'm just thinking, uh, because this is going to be a big blowout, and I just, you know, as long as yeah. I don't have to get up early tomorrow or, you know, do anything mm-hmm. impressive. Are you just going classic Coke? You're not going Pepsi? No, I mean, I don't mind Pepsi, but no no, pe- no Coke Max, Coke Zero, none of that shit, no. Oh, it's Pepsi Max, isn't it, and Coke Zero. I, no, I'm not interested. It was nice that you called them all shit and then went back to make sure you had their names right. <laughs> Yeah. Absolute load of shit. We've all done respect. <laughs> <Pepsi Max. laughs> uh, yeah, with ice and ice and lime, ice and lime in my coke. Yeah, nice. Why haven't you asked me what I want to drink? Sorry, we are. Yeah, but no, but I brought the coke thing up. You didn't ask me if I wanted wine. You didn't ask like any of that. What sort of sommelier have you got over there? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I thought what we'd actually done is that quite smoothly moved into the drink portion of the menu, but okay, you're fine. annoyed yeah, because okay. we haven't officially asked you, right? <laughs> yeah, because there, there wasn't a heading. Yeah, it was a heading. I appreciate yeah. that. And also appreciate that on this podcast, we do ask about the drink pretty late in the day. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you, you've had your starter and your main course and your side, and then we go, what would you like to drink? <laughs> and then it occurs to you, oh, maybe you'd like a wine. I forgot. It's a bit much, <laughs> I'm going to have a glass of Pinot Noir. I got into Pinot Noir. I, I worked in New Zealand for a long time, and they all they all know about wine in New Zealand. Like young people, normal people know about wine in a way that I don't feel we do. I certainly didn't. And, um, yeah, Pinot Noir was what I really discovered in New Zealand, and I've, that's kind of been my go-to since then. This is when you were doing The Hobbit. I mean, I don't like to talk about it, but yes, James, yes. <laughs> yes. What do hobbits eat? Yeah, good question, actually. Every, everything. I mean, everything. They eat like a sort of Dickensian gentleman's feast. They Like my character, Bilbo Baggins, or if you will, the hobbit, has he has his own... The, ma- um, the main guy. Let's not, let's not mess around. I He's don't the wanna... main guy, right? 
He's the Hobbit. The OG. <laughs> the OH. Uh, yeah, he's got his own. He's got his own sort of walk-in larder. I mean, they, they take food very, very seriously. Yeah, second breakfasts, all that. Yeah, they eat a lot. So yeah, as a, as a result, they're they're kind of a bit portly. Or maybe that was just me, because <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking Eli- Elijah Wood wasn't very portly. Um, but yeah, I think. By the time you get to Bilbo, Bilbo like he definitely likes some grub. Yeah. So are you having the Pinot Noir or the mm. or the Coke? Oh, can I have both? This is a drink restaurant, right? Yeah, well, we'll let you. Yeah, okay. I mean that's the, thank you. This this is this is the sort of floor in the format in that <laughs> it is a dream restaurant, but we do tend to ask people to stick with one thing. There are limits. I see. Uh, Fine. There is red a structure. I would choose no, the no, red no, wine you can, over the you coke. can have both. Thank you. Are you going to double park them? Are you going to go sip of the wine, sip of the Coke, or are you going Coke to start? Coke to start. I think Coke is going to come with the water. So there's going to still going to be a little bit of Coke left over when I'm, when I'm on the wine and pasta. Because it's just, yeah, again, it, it peps you up. Because I don't know if you know, but Coke is carbonated. And it's got sort of like, and it, but it's also got sugar in it, right? So it's got, oh, you know, so it's, the, it's two things, air and sugar. We arrive at your dessert. It's been such a journey. I also kind of want to ask you if you can still do the Fargo voice. <laughs> Uh, these days, or can you not do it anymore? Uh, it takes a bit of a run-up, to be honest, James. It takes a little bit of a warm-up. I don't want to make you perform for us, Martin. It's, it's, I mean, it was fairly, it was obvious at the beginning of the episode that you were angling for that, James. Yeah. And we all yeah. we all ignored it and we yeah. moved on. Yep. Martin was very classy. He just decided yep. to sort of segue into the next bit. Yes. What would really make me happy <laughs> is you trying it. Oh, yeah, that would yeah, make yeah. me happy. I'm very bad at accents. But that's why it's going to be fun. If Why don't you say, what would you okay. like for your dessert as a, as a Minnesotan? Okay. <laughs> uh, Me and Martin have naturally yeah. braced ourselves. Have you noticed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really just... hard. Uh, I, I can't really get past <clears throat> okay then. Okay. Uh, Martin, what would be... What be? I kind of need to know your dessert choice there, Martin. If you... Oh, wait. Okay. Uh, uh, I need to know your... De- <laughs> it's yeah. not bad. It's, it's a bloody gallant effort. I'm trying my best. I'm genuinely trying. Hmm. I think you'd hit the R's more. Hit the hit the R sound more so on on my name and on the dessert. Mar- Martin? Mar- <laughs> no, because I, 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 I lose the rest of it. Mar- Mar- Martin. Mar- no, Martin. no, no, I'm doing... Oh, mm. that's good. Martin. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. Dessert. Yeah. yeah, dessert. I'm getting better in real time already. Improving, yeah, definitely. Imagine if you were in a restaurant and the waiter came over and just started going, okay, 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 yeah, okay, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. okay <laughs> getting into now, character. What be, what be you want now, for dessert on. there? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Can I see the manager, please? This is um, yes. a lot of fun. I like uh, you doing accents. Can we just throw accents yeah, at you? Good. If you want to, I mean, I, it serves me right for trying to make you do the voice. So, yeah. I think so. But like, like can you can you do a thing where you don't pause? Because it, let's let's face it. Yes. It's a bit more serious for me if I do a load of shit accents because it's my job, right? <laughs> There's you got nothing. You've got your own thing going on, James. Do you know what I mean? Sure. You, you're untouched by like if you okay, you does a bad Welsh, no one gives a shit. Yeah. So if I just say an accent, a region. Yeah. I'll keep it in Britain. I'll keep it in Britain. Okay. And you've just got to, without pausing, just ask me what I want for dessert in that accent. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Belfast. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Start off with the one that will get me the most trouble. It's good. That's the sort of thing they say, but you need to work on the accent a bit more. What would you like for dessert? What the hell wow, is yeah. that? 
I'm trying not to think. I'm trying what would you like think. for dessert? One more, one more. Birmingham. What would you like for dessert? Wow. They are all quite similar, aren't they? There's a definite similarity yeah. between all of them, which just goes to show we're all one big family. The human race is one big family. When I'm not allowed to think about it, I really do surprise myself with what comes out my mouth, and I'm not allowed to think about it at all, and I just mm. have to go for it. it. It's a shock to me when it happens. Uh, well, And to all of us, but uh, <laughs> I think it's quite good... To like not let your brain get in the way and just go for it. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And we all admire that more. Wow. The fact that you've, you know, you've got, you've gone for it. Mm. We should ask you dessert properly, really, but I also want to know how long it took you to do the Fargo accent. Really? Oh, James. All, all I wanted to talk about on this episode <laughs> is the Fargo accent. Yeah, we know. And I don't know why everyone's getting in the you way. You could have got it. my number from someone, James. I'm sure we've got mutual <laughs> friends. And uh, you could have just texted me. Do you want to hear my dessert? We would. I would like uh, a lemon meringue pie, please. That's what I would like. Thank you and goodbye. Martin Freeman, <laughs> you've been a wonderful guest. <laughs> I love lemon meringue pie. I don't know if anyone's chosen yeah, so it properly I. yet. And, and I think some people have done little shout-outs mm. to it. But I think a, I think a well-made lemon meringue pie is, is quite gorgeous, you know. It's got that, mm. that zesty flavour of the lemon and, you know, the sort of the sugar overload of the meringue again. The pastry, the nice sort of um, crust pastry. It's, yeah, it's gorgeous, man. I, I really like it. And also, it, it feels sort of light. And it's good that I'm in a restaurant because that does limit me to one piece. If I have it at home, then I just I'm going back for seconds and thirds, you know. So it's it's quite good to sort of you know be a bit restrained. But yeah, well cooked piece of lemon meringue is amazing. Yeah, I think we talked about it on the podcast before. Uh, the lemon meringue pie at Gloria, a restaurant in Shoreditch, where they have the normal lemon bit and then the meringue bit is probably about thirty centimeters high. <laughs> so that's that's well worth checking out. You can have one slice, but then you know that's. That's a lot of sugar. Yeah, that's three courses by the sound of it. Mm-hmm. You want the pastry to be good. You want you want all the all the oh. different parts of it to be really on point. You know. Oh man! If if they get all the different parts of it on point, yeah. Ooh, I could eat it forever. Yes, it is a really good thing. But then I think that about everything I eat, James. I think that about mm. everything I eat. Fish and chips. Why would you want to eat anything else? Japanese. <laughs> why would you? So in the moment you're having it, I'm just basically like a chimp. Just and all I can see or think about is what I'm in the moment of there. This is why you need to hire someone to tell you to stop eating stuff so you can mm. move on to another thing. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. And my, my kids help with that. My girlfriend helps with that a little bit because I, I give people license to say, steady on. Because I will, I, I don't know whether it's, it's the cliche is that because I'm the youngest of five and I was always quite small. And yeah, usually in big families. And if you're the youngest, there is that thing of just wanting to pack it all in your mouth. But also, I think I. When I was a kid, I think I found it vaguely impressive that I was so small, but I could eat loads. And and like grown-ups and teachers would say, oh, you're like a little hamster, aren't you? you just, where do you tuck it all? <laughs> and I think I saw that as a badge of honour when I was about two foot one. That at least, okay, I'm not tall, but I can eat. And yeah, I think I still have a bit of that. And, and of course, without being um, too serious or self-righteous about it, I like most of us, I, I can't stand waste. I can't stand it. And I, it's not like I never waste anything. I sometimes do. But I sort of hate doing it. You know, like when people have beans on toast, right? And there's just like, and they, and they've, so they've had the toast, they've had the beans, but there's still, there's still some beans and quite a lot of bean sauce. Yeah. Like, why are you doing that? There is no <laughs> fucking reason on God's green earth that you would leave, like, oh, because that bit's not important. Yeah, of course it's important. It's still there. It's on your plate. I just don't get it. Yeah. And I don't know whether that is just because I'm a pig or because I have something about, you know, you shouldn't throw food away. You can be sort of, uh, you know, a conscious pig. I try to be. Socially conscious pig. 
I try to be an aware pig, yeah. Sometimes I've had beans on toast and it doesn't look like there's enough beans. Like they don't completely mm. cover the toast. And I think, right. right, I've got to really ration this. I've got to make sure each bite yeah. I have some beans, but I can't go mad. And then at the end, I've got loads of beans because I completely didn't do it properly. And then I'm like, oh, man, this last bit of toast, this last mouthful is going to have been drenched in beans and I've overbeaned it. Yeah. What I love about this is that we do have to wrap up now. We're getting messages <laughs> saying we've got to wrap up. And James has thought, no, we need we need this anecdote about me having too many beans. <laughs> I'm really imagine... connected with that, with that uh, yeah. observation. Who would have thought we've got to do this beans anecdote? If we don't get this. Yeah. You've good. got to have the beans bit. When we take this on the road, when lockdown's over, <laughs> yeah. the beans yeah. bit is going to kill. It's going to We're going to have to open with the beans bit. Otherwise, people are going to go mad. Yeah, and maybe close as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. Like like the one and only, like Chesney yeah. Hall. <laughs> Sometimes on this podcast, someone brings something up and I really connect with it. And you when do, Martin don't talked you? about the beans, when Martin talked about the beans, I was like, oh man. And I know on the on the Zoom chat, we're getting constant flashes up from Benito <laughs> saying, do the menu, read his menu back. We really have to stop now. But he said the beans yeah. thing, and I thought, man. Yeah. Ah, I really connect with that. No one's ever bought up beans on toast on the podcast before. Sorry, I set you I off I have there. to seize my opportunity. Yeah, but no, I see that you're excited, yeah. I don't like beans. Wow, do you not? Don't like them. I've got some beans actually at home, though. We bought some beans at the beginning of the pandemic because we thought it's the sort of thing you should have just in case everything goes wrong. Yeah. But we've not eaten them. So if you don't like waste, Martin, you, you're very welcome to come over and pick up a tin of beans. Can I? Yes, you can. Thanks. Yeah, I, yeah I, I let any, any loose beans are <laughs> <laughs> gratefully received. Yeah. They're not loose. We, we can tip them outside the door if you want. You can just come and I'd rather that. I'd rather yeah. that, to be fair. Yeah, just into my hand. Thanks. Water. You would like sparkling water with an oxygen tank. Yes, please. Pobbadoms or bread, you want bread and butter from the Wolseley. Starter, smoked salmon with onions and capers. Delicate toast that we then confiscate and don't let you eat. (laughs) Main course, prawn and spinach linguine with white wine sauce in Sorrento. Side dish of chips, big chunky chips. Drink, a glass of Pinot Noir and a bottle of Coke with a glass of ice and lime. And dessert, a lemon meringue pie where all the elements are made to perfection. Sounds good, right? Does sound good. Yeah, no, I'd I'd be very happy with that. the The chips are a, are a rogue element for me, but I'm you know. Really? Yeah, but you don't like beans. I don't like beans. You're not fully to be trusted there, Benito. Who's, so who's Benito? Oh, Ben. Was Benito's before, the producer. Yeah, sorry. sorry, Ed. Yes, yes, oh. I know. Yes, yes. I, because right. I'm no, because I'm only seeing too you. Too many characters. And you seem like the one who's in charge of this operation. And yeah. and James keeps referring to the great Benito, and you do seem a bit like an Italian fascist to me. Only to me. Yes. I'm sure okay. not to everyone else. So for this entire podcast, you have thought <laughs> that Ed is the great Benito. <laughs> no, no, I know Ed is Ed, but I, uh, maybe I was thinking, is that your pet name for him because he? really yes. has invaded That's, you know there's a lot going countries. on in this, in this universe <laughs> um, but yeah I'm an Italian fascist Doug the why not someone's got to be <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much Martin thank you so thank much, you Martin. gents my pleasure thank you well James Martin Freeman came into the dream restaurant and you absolutely you wouldn't leave him alone mm. you fanboyed all over him yes we barely got to chat about food because you're like, well, uh, Martin, yeah. tell us about the time you did a different voice. Yes, I wanted to know about the voice and I got my answers. I got what I came for. I might not yes. get to talk to Martin Freeman again. I wanted to know about the voice from Fargo. I wanted to know about Sherlock jumping off the building and I wanted to know about Big Keith. And I asked all of those questions <laughs> and I was very happy about it. Well, I'm glad. I thought that was a wonderful episode, actually. And it genuinely felt like we were professional interviewers at points. 
yeah, at times I felt like this must be what it is like to take your podcast seriously. Well, look, it was a great episode. Thank you very much, Martin Freeman, uh, for coming in. Remember, everyone, season two of Breeders is on Sky and it'll be available to watch on Sky One and Now TV from the 27th of May as a box set. And Martin earned that plug because he didn't say Bombay Mix. Can we get back in touch with Martin and ask him about Black Panther? Because I'm a bit annoyed that I missed out Black Panther. I want more. I want to do what I do. Actually, I forget I want to do a redemption episode. I want to talk about Black Panther and I want to talk about beans on toast a bit more. You want the great Benito, who's not me, to email uh, Martin's representation and say, can we get Martin mm. uh, on board for a live streamed episode Yes. Uh, specifically to be asked about Black Panther and beans? Yes. Yeah. Okay, we have merch. Go and get some merch. Go onto our website, uh, offmenupodcast.co.uk, and you can see how to buy some lovely T-shirt designs and all that sort of business. When we told Martin Freeman we've got merch, he was like, great, I haven't seen him since the office. That's what he calls Stephen Merchant. It's his nickname. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Goodbye. I'm your dad's friend, Lou Santos, and I've launched a new podcast called Cuddle Club. It's better than it sounds, actually. I talk to special guests about cuddling. Mm, There's not another podcast on cuddling, I thought to myself. Guests include Catherine Ryan, Richard Osman and Alan Davies. It's a perfect gift to yourself or to loved ones, because it's actually free to download. I'd I'd love you to listen, but you're going to be the loser if you don't. It's worth reminding you that there's no other podcast about cuddling. It's business gone crazy. It's available on Apple Podcasts. Of course it is. Acast, yes. Spotify. Wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe now, please. Don't be an absolute dick piece. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. 
Hello, it's Rob Orton here. Now, I've got a podcast called the Rob Orton Daily Podcast. It's a short poem or story or a musing on a particular subject every single day. What if you commissioned Picasso to paint your house and you just painted it white? Would you be annoyed? Wouldn't it be good if you could pour Miracle Grow onto other things, such as pizzas? Have you ever thought about what a beach might be like if it was made from digestive biscuits? Have you ever tried to cry about something you're not thinking about? If you would like to listen to a daily podcast that includes subjects I've mentioned there, then please listen to the Rob Orton Daily Podcast.